This is a Giving Thought podcast from the Charities Aid Foundation's think tank, Giving Thought. So this first conversation is with Nick Temple, who's the chief executive of the social investment business, which provides loans and grants and other forms of finance and support to social purpose organisations uh, around the country. So here's Nick. Um, yeah, so I guess the, the starting point is just to ask, you know, how the this whole COVID-19 pandemic situation is affecting your organisation and also kind of the, the organisations that you work with so far. Thanks, Roger. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, as, as our organisation, it's been um, OK so far. So we've managed to transfer everyone and all our systems pretty well into various people's home environments. Um, and the remote working and the use of the various systems and technology seems to be going OK so far. Um, we'll, we'll see if that continues, but that's been all right. And we managed to do the first big payment run disbursement of grants. Um, on Friday, so uh, that that feels like a major hurdle overcome when sort of nine hundred thousand goes out the door to various other charities and social enterprises, which obviously we want to uh, make sure it happens in the current environment. I think for our um, for our customers, it's it's a varied picture. We we've, we've tried to be in touch with almost all of them, and um, as you know, a social investment business, we do we do loans and um, we also do grants, so it's mixed um, and. It varies a bit, you know, as you know, some in retail and leisure and uh, culture and hospitality have obviously seen massive plunges in footfall and income and others who are more in public service delivery are seeing their contracts renewed and extended and feeling relatively bullish. Um, we froze all repayments to our investment funds last week uh, for, for a minimum of three months. And, you know, whilst most accepted that, as you might imagine, um, a few actually declined it because um, they were they were feeling okay about things at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, in terms of the the kind of short term challenges affecting those organisations, as you said, it kind of varies according to you know sector to some extent, or kind of how how immediately organisations are impacted by the the closure of kind of physical retail spaces and and that kind of thing. I mean, what are what are the kind of a couple of key challenges that you think are facing the, the organizations that that you're working with at the moment i mean nothing that would surprise you i think unfortunately so you know there are those who are working with um you know tight margins and and thin reserves and you know uh a couple of months of of an income shortfall has a has a big impact um i think what we've been trying to do you know inevitably to start with we just wanted to reach out to our customers and let them know generically look, we're here for you, we'll help you through, we'll do what we can. And, and that's genuine, you know, we're a charity, not a, not a bank, ultimately. <laughs> and, um, well, we're at least a charitable bank. So, um, you know, our, our mission is aligned with theirs. Um, what we've been trying to do now is be a bit more coherent about the information we're collecting. So I think, you know, I'd like us to get to a point where we can target effectively what support we have and, you know, very crudely, that involves looking at people's financial position and it involves looking at the groups they work with. And, um, you know, so we're starting to pull together a sort of 
spreadsheet internally, which um, our learning and influence team are doing, which is using the data that our front-facing teams are collecting to try and analyze that centrally and really work out where we can help most. Um, so I'm hopeful we'll be able to get to that point in the next week or so. Great. Oh, it sounds encouraging. I mean, in terms of that question of kind of short-term financial needs, I mean, obviously, there's been a, a lot of focus on the fact that with the cancellation of big fundraising events um, and you know, organisations no longer being able, able to open kind of retail outlets, charity shops and cafes and that sort of thing, there are some some kind of very uh, short-term cash flow issues. Um, do you think those can be what you know it, there seems to be some sort of um, di- difference of opinion or various people kind of suggesting that that it means that there's an immediate need for short-term grant finance whereas others saying actually you know you could uh, kind of cover that by uh, softening the terms of loans or kind of um, deferring payments or those sorts of things I mean what are you guys able to do and what are, are you doing um, in terms of kind of trying to allow organizations to get through that immediate short-term difficulty? Yeah, so it's a, it's a bit of a mix, as you might expect, I think, Roger. So like um, for us, as I said, we're on, on the loans that we manage and we control, um, we're, we're freezing repayments, we're being as flexible as we can and just giving people the headroom and space and uh, protection of their cash really at this point. On, on some of the grant programs, so we're, we're a partner on the Youth Endowment Fund, for example, which is a, a 10-year project, but is a £200 million fund and very evidence-based. Um, you know, really, it's about um, supporting existing grantees and, and looking at how we can flex and be best work with them, because obviously a lot of their work was with young people um, in school environments or in other environments, which clearly are not going to happen at the moment, or at least for the next few months. So there's flexibility on grant terms and scheduling and, and outcomes, but trying to ensure that they we support them and they stay afloat. Um, and then the third bit is, I guess, anything new. So can we redesign and repurpose existing schemes? Um, so we're chatting to Access about some of the business support schemes we, we run for them. Um, and also working with all the social investors really on, uh, to your point about loan guarantees and, and such like, can we... Can we work together to access the mainstream government support that's happening at the moment? Um, all that notwithstanding, I still think there will be a need for some organisations for just grant support. And um, even, even amongst what I've said, I think there are still some organisations that will fall through the gaps. Um, and, and I think that's why you've seen the sort of clamour online and from the infrastructure bodies particularly for that. Yeah, I think sadly that's that's sort of inevitable, isn't it? Which, like, given the the sort of scale of the challenges everyone's facing at the moment, um, in terms of kind of the the slightly longer term or even the medium term, beyond the the challenges of the immediate next few months, what, do you foresee there being kind of other challenges facing the kinds of organisations you work with, and and what sort of things do you think those might be? I think there inevitably will be. I mean, it's quite difficult to predict. It's quite difficult to predict next week at the moment, but it's certainly quite difficult to predict. <laughs> yeah, it is, um, yeah. But I think we're, the balance for us, I think, and particularly we're not obviously as big a funder or with as much money as, as many others in the sector. And I think, you know, government and lottery have to play a part in this. Um, I think for us, it's about a judgment. So clearly we want to be responsive now and take action in the immediate where we can and where that helps. Um, but equally, we want to be there in the long term for organisations and for communities. So we, we want to help them rebuild and uh, and access the right support and the right money to help them do that, you know, six, nine months, 12 months, 15 months down the line. And so it's a bit of a judgment at the moment about what do you commit into the immediate stuff now and what do you 
try and plan for in terms of the future, particularly as there's so many things being announced. You know, there's, it felt every day last week there was a new government package being announced and, um, you know, you could announce something yourselves and get lost in the midst of that. So I think for us, what are they going to face? I mean, clearly they're going to face challenges to get back on their feet. There might be big recruitment challenges. Um, there might be also ongoing health fears. We don't know how people will, will react. Um, there'll, there'll definitely be increasing demand. There might be a demand for new services and new ways of operating too. So I think we can see, as we've seen in our own organisations, things can happen pretty rapidly when they need to. And we're all adopting new ways of working. So can some of those new ways of working actually persist in the future as well? Or, or will we all go back to how we were? Um, so there's a range of things that we'll face, but I think um, it will be about financial resilience, but also resilience in the teams and the leadership and the governance of these organisations. Um, and that's hopefully what we can help them with. Yeah, and I, I think some of those questions, as you say, I mean, it's very difficult to predict, but about which of the elements of things that that are changing unbelievably rapidly in the space of kind of days, if you know, not even weeks at the moment, will persist for the longer term, and which will just go go back to old ways of of doing things afterwards. It's, I mean, I think that's probably a topic for an entire other podcast. <laughs> but it's a very interesting thing to think about at the moment. Um, and kind of, you know, there's a lot of, of challenges at the moment. We're all sort of in our organisations trying to, to work to overcome them and help other organisations. But what what have you seen so far in the last couple of weeks that has, has given you kind of cause for optimism about, you know, uh, the potential for, for the sector to, to respond to this challenge? I mean, I think, you know, one, one is my own team. I mean, I you know, I'm very proud to, to work where I work at Social Investment Business, but the team have been extraordinary. And I know that's replicated across the sector in terms of the way they've worked with, you know, totally focused on the organisations we're here to support. Once we got ourselves up and running, that was all that was in their minds. And it's been it's been really humbling to work with them the last couple of weeks and, and felt that sense of mission and purpose. I think the second is um, actually collectively across we, we've been convening some calls with um, a lot of the social investment community, liaising with infrastructure bodies, and there's a, a genuine collective uh, appetite to work together and work at pace and, um, you know, where there used to occasionally be sort of battles of logos and um, organisational egos, those, those are definitely um, in the background and buried, <laughs> buried under the ground at the moment, and that's encouraging, and I think I'm I, that's something also that I hope we can take forward is that sense of collective purpose and the ability to work together again you know it certainly shouldn't take a crisis to make that to happen um, and I think some of the foundations for that were in place in various bits of the sector but that's really encouraged me and then of course there's the individual examples of some of our organizations that we support and work with you know people saying you know actually no we don't need to freeze repayments save that money for and flexibility for someone who does people keeping their doors open, people asking for more money because they're in health and care um, and people re reverting their restaurants into home delivery services for those who need it most. Um, just a whole range of stories that we've been hearing right at the front line. And, you know, that's, that's what keeps us going, keeps us doing what we're doing because that's what we're here for. So there is cause for optimism amongst the, the gloom that, that I'm sure everyone's feeling a bit day to day. 
Well, that's yeah, that's that's great to hear because I think you know there are it, it is bringing out the best in a lot of people, uh, even as they face uh, enormous challenges. Um, and you know, I'm seeing similar things, and I'm sure lots of people listening are too. Um, listen, I just want to say thanks ever so much, Nick, for taking the time to to come on the podcast. Um, you know, it'd be nice to <laughs> to do it in the future in potentially slightly better circumstances. Um, but is there anything else that you kind of want to flag up um, or bring people's attention to uh, at the moment that we have we've missed so far? No, I just think, you know, um, kind words for everyone out there and, and appreciate what they're doing. And I think, you know, the, the things that have um, come home to us in this context, there's a couple of things we've been working on anyway. One is, you know, being close to your customers and in touch with them and the organisations we support and work with is critical. It's critical anyway, but in this scenario, that's proven to be even more the case. And the second is getting a grip of our data and and really being able to assess that and use that and really being able to to do that in these scenarios where we're trying to use data for quick decision-making, for targeted decision-making. And, and again, I think both of those we've been working on, um, but they've really been accelerated and their importance has really come home to me in the last couple of weeks. Um, and, and likewise, uh, thanks for inviting me on and uh, hopefully we can have a longer chat another time about in slightly more optimistic and uh, happy circumstances, maybe even face-to-face. Yeah, no, that sounds ideal. Let's uh, let's make that a date for some, <laughs> some slightly unspecified point uh, further down the line. <laughs> Great, thanks, thanks a lot. For